Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast today. We are continuing our discussion about balanced training, what you need to know, what you need to do. And we're talking today about doing less of what you want and more of what you need. This is a really important thing to understand if you want to get good results. Rock and roll tribe, welcome to the show. To my left, I've got the smartest guy in the room, Phil White, our resident physio. Across the table, I've got one of the sexiest men alive, uh, my brother, Rad Bormeister. And behind the mixer, I have the sexiest man alive, Richard Lellies. Together, we are Unity Gym and the Unify Movement System. Uh, we turn driven people into athletes, and we're going to d- dive really deep into how we do that this week. Today, we're really going to talk about you know, how your psychology can play a huge role in the outcomes and, and the results that you get. And uh, it's a really, really great topic. We're very excited. This is our passion project this week, uh, talking about balance and holistic training systems. And uh, so we, we could talk about this all day. So we've brought Phil in to tr- try and keep us on the level, uh, keep us going in the right direction. <laughs> and uh, to cut Rad, sh- Rad and I short if we rant. But uh, yeah, please excuse us. We are passionate about this topic and uh, there may be a few swear words like yesterday's show that come out. How is everyone today? Uh, Pretty yeah. good. A little bit tired this morning, but I'm good. Rad's always worked for like half a, a regular work day by the time we jump on these podcasts. So, uh, But that will change soon. That will change well, soon. Same times. Look out. Now, uh, before we get started, before we dig into this, I want to ask you guys question of the day. And if you're on YouTube, you can comment in the comment section. If you are on the live stream, you can throw it in the comments there. What is your favorite training system, training method, training program? Are you a CrossFitter? Are you a runner? Are you a yogi? Are you a martial artist? Are you a UMS? Athlete, uh, superhuman. What well, are to you? Simplify it even more. Strength, flexibility, or cardio. What's what's, what's yeah? Going? Let's look at uh, if you want to just go through and and share your favorite um, fitness attribute, your favorite sort of um, skill attribute. That'd be amazing. We want to know. Them. Rank them one to three. Well, yeah, that's right. And uh, and big shout out to everyone who's catching us on the podcast. Uh, you can also comment, uh, and we'd also love a five star review. We would also love to send some love to our guys on the UMS Movement Mastermind private Facebook group. It's not actually a private Facebook group, but you still have to apply to get in. Uh, get yourself over there if you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast. We'd love to meet you and see you on one of these live streams one day. And if you are on the live stream, let us know in the comment section. So let's get this show, let's get this party started. One of the, uh, and I'm, I'm just going to share a little bit of a story about my personal experience uh, starting strength training. I was, a, I was heavily into boxing, amateur boxing, and my coach sort of suggested that I try to go up a weight division because I was quite tall and skinny at the time. And uh, he said, you know, p- pack on a bit of muscle, you'll be less prone to injury and things like that. And so I hit the gym, I did what most people do. I, f- I found my friend at school who had been hitting the gym for a couple of years already. He trained at the local PCYC that I was boxing in. They had a weights room. And so I just said to him, look, I'm gonna come train with you a couple of days a week. And he said, awesome, uh, because he was training alone. And yeah, we did what most guys do. We went to the gym, I think starting out three days a week, eventually four, and we did uh, chest biceps and lat pull downs every day. Um, and that was, you know, the muscles that you want to sort of enlarge as a as a as a guy. You want big pecs. You your want mirror muscles. Yeah, your mirror muscles. You want, you want big buys and 
shoulders. And uh, what I didn't know really is that, um, or, or what I sort of uh, experienced was that as I started initially, you know, anyone, we've all had that initial gym experience. Most of us have that are watching this podcast or listening to the podcast. You're pretty nervous. You know, you walk in and it's like, oh my God, um, there's big buff heads everywhere and there's steel smashing down on itself and there's chains moving and it's it's all pretty intimidating. I was a boxer and I boxed in a room next door to the weights room. So you'd think I was confident, but I wasn't at all because I was in a new space, a new environment, something I wasn't very uh, good at. And so as I started to experience a little bit of growth in my, in my chest, in my biceps, and I started to get used to the movements and more proficient in the movements, I felt more and more confident with those movements. And I went back and did them more and more and I lifted heavier weights and that's kind of what you're meant to do. Uh, and then that journey continued throughout. We, we eventually left that gym and, and migrated to a big box chain gym because it had better equipment, but we still did the same style of training. We still just trained our chest. Our, eventually we progressed from an assisted uh, pec deck to a, a bench press, you know, because the gym had more bench presses and, and uh, we started to do chin-ups instead of just lap pull-down. But over time, I just got better and better and better at doing those movements until it started to seriously affect my boxing. And, and I, what I didn't notice over time was that I had really affected my posture. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd pretty much just tra trained exactly what Phil said, the muscles I could see in the mirror. And I had no idea that there was a need for balance in the structures in your body, similar to, you know, um, uh, there is a need for balance on the mast of a, of a sailing ship. If you had rigging on one side only, the, the, the mast in the first storm would, f would collapse, you know. Yeah, right. Sailing analogy. That's a new yeah, one for you. You like Usually that? Huh? Like, huh? I don't know, fast cars <laughs> or something. So, like it. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so I did a lot of damage to my body. And yeah, this is and something when that... We, when I um, explain the anatomy like around um, the body and, and specifically with muscles and joint systems, like it comes down to those reinforcing and balancing processes. So um, it's, you know, a, a reinforcing process is basically like training one part of the system, but you need to balance that out with a balancing process, which is basically training the other side. And if you just do reinforcing processes, although it sounds like it's a good thing, if you reinforce one thing too much, then it's, you know, if you're building a, a building and you only put... I don't know, lots of weight on one side of the building, it's going to collapse because you're just solidifying and reinforcing that. So it's all about that reinforcing and balancing process. And that's a classic example of you screwing that up. Screwing <laughs> it up. And then if we zoom right out to an eagle's view and we look at the macro, Rad's got a similar story with his martial arts. Uh, and and he, you know, so I, I became a specialist on sort of a movement standpoint. You know, I was like good at uh, pushing movements, but not very good at pulling movements and not very, very good at, um, I, I, I essentially stuffed up the stability of my joints. Now Rad um, can share his story because he was he was very very into one discipline or style of exercise or training and uh, luckily martial arts is actually quite fluid and it, it challenges you in many different ways but it still is limited mm, in certain areas. I wouldn't areas. say that. I would say kung fu is kung fu. Okay. Mm, I wouldn't yeah. say that martial arts is uh, in general. I, I think kung fu. I still believe that kung fu is superior to other martial arts for general well-being because of the way that it takes your body through full range of motion. And um, when you look at a Kung Fu athlete, like the, you do get uh, good flexibility um, throughout the body because of the way that it, you know, you and also because you use weapons, it trains your joints differently and it creates a different body awareness. Whereas other martial arts, a lot of them 
are very much just about the like the way that you stand everything's in tight so your joints really don't get a lot of range of motion in a lot of them which is why a lot of martial artists talk about how stiff they are yep. and how horrendous their flexibility is it's bizarre isn't it because they do they do need to kick high and things like yeah, that but, but not many yeah, of them achieve yeah, that yeah level. because when you you think about when you do wushu if you it's the forms that create yeah, that yeah, flexibility yeah, yeah, yeah. whereas other martial arts don't have those forms in yeah. them. they don't have the um, sequences of movements that are th and that's what forms are that's what um, when I was younger and especially when you were younger and when most people look at Kung Fu and they think oh that's stupid you don't fight like that but that's not what it's there for yeah it's there to take your body through full range of motion and to develop strength through the full range and to learn how to be balanced and strong in through your whole range of motion and yeah. that's why um, I'm grateful that I was drawn to Wushu because of the um, beauty of it, but I didn't realize at the time what it was doing for me to, to, to be able to create that um, uh, that mobility, really. Yeah, Joe um, Gable's uh, calling out here, Yanni, with a huge difference there, Kung Fu versus martial arts, Yanni. Come on, man. <laughs> um, but, uh, Joe, can I, Joe, Joe Gable is our member here, yeah, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, yeah. Joe, how yeah. are you? But um, I, I didn't, I wasn't sure of your surname. Yeah, but, um, but yes, I also suffered uh, majorly um, in that my upper body never developed the strength that my lower body did. And my lower body became very strong. Um, from Kung Fu, there's a lot of strength work involved in that that transferred over to everything Man, else. And that whole stance that you made me do that time, my god! Yeah, yeah and look, and, and, and we to give you an example, we still do um, portions of Rad's Kung Fu in our warm-ups. We do the test the water, which mm -hmm. is a drill that you brought over from Kung Fu. And uh, and uh, and you know, it's funny that you say that because I never really took that into consideration when I I was like heavily into kickboxing and then boxing and I did a, a tiny stint of, uh, of uh, Wing Chun when that became really trendy uh, and then just didn't like it and went back to boxing. Um, but I never really took into consideration the concept of the forms that you were always doing. And it's funny because, you know, I never really saw you stretch a lot. But when we came to starting to develop our program here, the difference between Rad's flexibility from a starting point, and he says that he was still an absolute beginner and a lot of developments happened since then, but when you compared him to Richard and I, he was on a different level, flexible. And that's just, that was developed basically through your through Kung Fu. Forms, yeah, that's, that's right. exactly right. And that's why I do say, and yes, Joe, I got it wrong, um, Kung Fu, Rad was very lucky that that's the rabbit hole that he went down because it does, it's kind of like dance. It's like, yeah. it's like doing a different, a bunch of different types of dancing style. Yeah, you develop right. a very vast mm -hmm. sort of um, um, variety of skills, you know, mm -hmm. whereas doing boxing, not so much, yeah. you know, um, and there was a great UFC fight on the weekend. Um, my God goodness it was a good fight where you saw a guy who'd been a really high level boxer who's crossed over to ufc and has been practicing uh, mixed martial arts for quite a while now but he has a boxing background versus a guy who has a martial arts and kung fu background and uh holy crap the the, the, it was the, the, the martial artist won convincingly and uh and it was very interesting because he's in the last few years he's changed his training style his trainer doesn't let him spar anymore at all so he's done no sparring in preparation for this fight and the and and he fought a guy who it was considered one of the best and fuck it was one-sided i've yeah. never seen anything like it yeah. But yeah sorry about the swearing it was so <laughs> impressive i i uh 
I was like, oh my goodness, this dude is on another level. Yeah. The, the idea of what, the, to frame what Yanni and my story is, is, is that it is natural for us to run more towards the thing that we like and that we enjoy doing. And that, uh, that like you, you bust through a point with anything that you do that is a specialization, any kind of sport or martial arts or dance or anything like that, where you get, you get to a point where you go beyond the absolute beginner point and all of a sudden, when absolute beginners start, you're better than them. And that is a very intoxicating feeling. It is a really, and it's, it is, it's a, it's a real achievement, you know, when you go through that. And in my experience with martial arts, if you, if you train, if you really apply yourself to the training, it happened at about that six month mark. There was that six month mark where when a beginner came in, you could really show them up and you could really make it, them look silly. And that, and then you want more of that. Yeah. You just want more because then you start looking at the people that are that are the senior students, and you you get a taste of, oh man, I'm uh, that's actually achievable for me now. And you go down that rabbit hole, and you get you get lost in it. And I got lost in it, and I was uh, you know 13 years into my martial arts journey, minus uh, well, sorry, and then a, a couple of years in the army where I wasn't learning from my teacher, but I was still practicing and then back out, decided to really go at it with my martial arts again. And I was right in that rabbit hole and I got pulled out of it by Ida Portel. He was the first person that ever um, made me just really question, is this the right thing to do? And he didn't question whether it was the right thing to do. He just straight up said, this is the wrong thing to do. You are yeah. getting it wrong if you are putting all your eggs into this basket. And I. And that was what really, and, and what you know opened my eyes to that for me was, I'm the kind of person, I don't like being told something, I like being shown something. Words don't mean much to me if that's all you've got. If all you've got is the words, I'm the kind, I respond to people that can actually do something that I wanna be able to do. And that guy, man, he was on another level and he just really inspired me to look at the idea of um, this generalist approach, you know? And, and, the, and yeah, and unfortunately when, when we all decided to, to adopt that and to move away from the specialist training, to move away from what we wanted to what we needed, we all realized just how badly we needed it, you know, in yeah. our own different ways. Well, this is the point where I want to draw, like really draw a line in the sand because a lot of people will be saying, yeah, but you know, I love soccer. I want to just do, get really good at soccer and I love boxing or I love martial arts or I love, I love, I love, I love, I love powerlifting. I love CrossFit, you know. Um, but the reality is if we scale it right back and if we really are honest to ourselves and we have a deep look in the mirror, most of us train for health, longevity and to look fucking hot with our clothes off. You know, most of us aren't training to be at an elite level in a sport. If you are, kudos to you, that then that's an entirely different conversation. Uh, and there are going to be a lot of people that do, but most of us do even we even participate in sport because we're, you know, trying to be fit. Like I didn't start playing soccer a few years ago because I wanted to represent Australia at, at the um, World Cup. You know, I started playing soccer because I was like, geez, I like team sports and I don't want to play rugby league anymore because I was just getting injured and uh, I've given up boxing and I want to play a sport and I want to be and, and it was because I want to be fit. You know, um, I would add just quickly before you go, I would 
add to that the reason why most people train it, the pursuit of mastery I do think that that is a big reason why people train it's definitely why I do it yeah um, I think that's why you do it I'm not sure that like everyone out there is quite as healthy no not everybody no, but, no, I'm, but, but I'm yeah. saying I do think that is a re- I mean we've got yeah, people yeah. in the movement True. mastermind that are asking us questions all the time like Vinny for example yeah uh, that it is the pursuit of mastery yeah. and they're chosen yeah there's a small percentage that would, yeah. would people yeah. that would yeah I don't think I wouldn't say it's a lot of people I think it's a small percentage of people most people it's social keeps them moving keeps mm-hmm. them active yeah. and and there's the the health thing in the background it's like i want to be healthy i want to be able to move they're they're aware as much as we neglect our health we're aware of it and we're aware of the concept of aging and things like that and we know that exercise slows that whole process down um but most of us sort of get caught up in this emulating an athlete who's doing something very specific for their sport which is entirely different to being healthy you know most athletes you wouldn't put them in the um the uh on the same thing as like optimal health they're not training they often sacrifice optimal health to to pursue mastery in that chosen sport they sacrifice their bodies through injuries and through you know excessive wear and tear and things like that and and that's all in the pursuit of you know competing you know competitiveness in that and we get really caught up in that and we go okay well i want to go and do something that's going to make me healthy so i'm going to emulate that athlete and they forget that competing and training are two entirely different things you know and you if you're training to to be healthy then Find a training mechanism or system that optimizes health. <laughs> Don't try and emulate a professional athlete who's not in the game of optimizing health. They're in the game of performing at the highest level in a specialist's degree, you know, where they're specializing in something, in some cases even specializing in a specific role within that team or organization, you know. Um, and, th- and this is where I am starting to draw the line. I'm like, well, hold on a sec. Uh, you know, we've been getting it wrong because most... You know, bodybuilders train their clients to become bodybuilders. Most CrossFitters train their clients to become CrossFitters. CrossFit's a sport, man. It's not healthy. You know, they sacrifice a lot to compete at that high level. And uh, and, and we sort of know that now. We've got enough data points from it that, it, you know, most um, ex-CrossFitters are banged up like most professional football players are, you know. And but so... Sorry, well, I, th- well I, I, I think that's because that comes back to the motivation part of the health hierarchy where I think what people aren't doing is asking themselves why they're doing it because I certainly didn't. And I think that what happens is like it's a case of you don't know what you don't know. So there's all this, there's, you know, we, we know that we know this, but there's all this stuff out here that we don't know that we don't know about. And so you decide, you see somebody like in the examples that you gave and and this is, I can definitely relate to this. I don't know how, if, if you, maybe you can feel or Richard, but like something that caused you to start training for the first time ever to start the thing for me was that I saw somebody doing something that made me go, oh my God, I want to be able to do that. And um, then I said, okay, I'm going to start doing that. So for me, it was martial arts. When I was a kid, I saw Jackie movies Chan of Jackie Chan and Bruce, and Bruce Lee, Lee and, and yeah. I just wanted to be able to do it. I'd never seen anything that inspired me to do that more than martial arts. So I hunted to do martial arts, but then you don't, it, it's this, this whole thing of not knowing what you don't know. You, you don't realize what that's going to do to your body. And if somebody had said to you, oh, that's great that you really like that. But if you pursue that for this long, this is what's going to happen to your body. Whereas if you pursued that, but you also did this, this and this, then this is what will happen to your body. And we may have made different decisions that way. Yeah. And Dave Clark's comment here saying I have a a massive addiction to Taekwondo and I wish I discovered programs like the UMS um, offer earlier. 
uh, as I would easily avoid some of the injuries I made in the past. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's it's, it's absolutely spot Same on. And and this is my point. Um, well, can I? I didn't finish my point. What I was saying. What I, what I think is that that when you when you go down that that hole, that it's a really good thing to be motivated to start something like that is critical and crucial, and it's and it's important to harness that. It's important to recognize the power of that. But then at the same time, Yanni's example of the professional athlete and what they do to get there. So you've looked at somebody that's likely at the very top of their game and you've benchmarked that for the reason why you want to do something. But I think for me, what, what happened to me with martial arts was I got to a point where I realized that the people that I was looking at, this, this was a really big penny drop for me. It, and it took me years to really accept this. I was looking at Jet Li and Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee and people that had started from a very, very young age and that had trained through that period of time in your life where your body adapts so well to what you do. And I'd missed that boat. And there was absolutely nothing that I could do that would ever get what in my 30s or or late 20s, what those guys had got in their early teens. It was never going to happen. And it took me years to accept that. I went through, and I was, I mean, you guys and, watched. And you also compared yourself to Jackie Chan, who went to the Peking Opera School. That's right, the guys that, that went. Where they train in such a diverse manner. They become yeah. expert dancers, martial artists, singers. Or, or, you know, or comparing yourself to Jet Li, who was literally the best of the best in a country where everybody does wushu for sport at school. Yeah. And then Jet Li goes, wow, you're better than everybody else. Let's put you into the specialist program. And, and you guys were watching me train when I was trying to deal with this when yeah. you used to see me train for two or three hours a day doing Kung Fu I was dealing with this at that time I was trying to say no I can do this I can be the best I can push myself and I really I came to this really big realization that there was nothing that I was ever going to yeah. do in my life that would ever put me close to where those guys were it was just something that was unobtainable and that was a very very hard thing to to comprehend but then when I got my head around it and you, and you come to this place of acceptance, you know, a, a spiritually enlightened person would talk about, you know, what you can experience through meditation and enlightenment. But I'd almost become enlightened to realize that that's okay. It's mm. okay to, to accept that I'm never going to be that. And then when I, when I went down the generalist approach and I realized how much that I could learn and adopt from, from learning calisthenics and learning weightlifting and learning re- really good flexibility training and what that's turned me into now in my early 40s um, I didn't think I'd ever be able to achieve what I've achieved now because I, I, I was going down that rabbit hole of it's all about martial arts and and you know and I think it's a uh, um, for me it was a really liberating experience actually it was yeah, really look, I, had the, I had the same exp- same or similar experience with boxing going to state like the state level and and there was one year that I, t- I think I told you uh, I shared this story where I saw Tim Zhu Costa Zhu's son compete after me in a lower weight division and um and i just had this realization over a period of those events where these people had been boxing for since childhood they'd been uh, they have families who their father was a boxer and they and and everything they do is supported you know like but like my parents did everything they could to discourage me from boxing you know and uh, and the last thing that they would do was support me dad started to accept that that was what was happening because it was helping me through my teen teenage years and stuff like that but I didn't have the support network. I didn't have the mentorship that was needed to compete at a high level. And I, to be honest, I probably didn't even have the natural talent that that you would 
um, notice in someone like Anthony Joshua who made it to the Olympics and won the Olympics in, as an amateur and now is one of the world um, champ uh, heavyweight uh, boxers. You know, these guys, they, they have the support system. They have everything f sort of fall in place. It's like the Malcolm Gladwell outliers theory, you know. It's not just about natural talent. There's a lot that goes into it. Mm. And I didn't have any of that. I was sort of challenging the status quo in our family. And, um, and I just went, man, I'm just never going to get to the level that I think I'd like to get to and I recalibrated and had a look at what else I could do you know and um, I feel like that that pursuit of mastery is such a lonely and painful pursuit as well like it's it so, like trying it to is. go down that role it's, oh, it's, it's so and you get yeah and just like you said when you kind of open the door to learning new experiences learning new movements learning new skills like there's just something so wonderful about being a, a beginner and, and and getting those um, you know, really embracing that mindset and just feeling like you're winning every day. Like yeah. It's <coughs> yeah. Massive from me going from, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, I played Ultimate Frisbee for 11 years, played for like five world championships, was right up there, and then just kind of like, kind of lost the love for it because it, it you know, a, a mixture of getting my training wrong and injuring myself all the time, but like, it just became this sort of thing where it's like, oh man, am I getting worse or better at this? Like I've just been at this sort of like, you know, state for so long where it's like, you, you just get such diminishing returns in the amount of effort you put in. Oh man. And then, yeah, it was going back and um, and doing like a learn to swim program with my, with my 65 year old, at the time, 65 year old mum. And then just like learning a whole new skill, something that I was like actively terrible at, like, and had kind of taken on an identity that I was like a non-swimmer hated it and now that's just opened up this whole world of like now i just want to try every sport and i want to be a beginner at every <laughs> sport because it's just yeah. i get so much joy out of that learning process so it's yeah. like kind of going away from you know what i thought i wanted and now i realize that you know that's just yeah so and i love the way uh, um you know that that ito puts this he talks about uh there's zone one learning zone two learning and zone three learning and zone one learning is when you're an absolute beginner and you cannot do the skill at all so it's like picking up three balls and trying to juggle for the first time zone two learning is when you have learned a skill but you haven't yet mastered it and zone three is where you have mastered a skill and you're basically maintaining it or or working on more perfection and he talks about the idea of the spending time in all three of them so um but most people try to stay away from zone one all the time and the older we get the more we stay away from it because our ego comes in and we don't like to feel like that beginner and we spend so much time at unity gym and on these podcasts trying to talk to people about the value of that the value of just embracing that and and i went through what you went through as well phil that was a big thing for me towards the end where i was i was just going so hard and i was doing this thing that i like i remember when i was in the earlier and mid years of my kung fu training like i couldn't get enough of it man like i just i was at my academy for four hours a day um you know i actually there was a period of time in my life i'm sure yanni remembers it where i used to wear my kung fu uniforms uh, just as clothes because i just did so much training i couldn't be bothered getting in and out of my of, of gear that yeah. wouldn't support my training and i just would do it everywhere we'd be having parties and people would be over and i'd start doing because i just loved it i was just so enthralled by it you know and that wasn't there anymore i was like it was like a chore now and i had you just say, i gotta do this and i gotta i gotta do that and when i came out of that and People say to me, oh, do you still do martial arts anymore? And I say, no, I don't. But do I still practice elements of it? Well, absolutely. And I'm actually better at parts of, like I can kick better now 
than what I did before because I've developed a better level of flexibility and a better level of balance. And, you know, I've still trained my body and kept those things there. And yeah, it's like you said, like I love what I do now because as soon as I get bored of something, I just accept that there's something else that I can do that's going to reignite that passion for me. And there's no problem with that. You just go, okay, well, yeah. I'm just gonna move to this thing. And it all falls under this umbrella of the UMS. It's all just about getting strong, flexible and fit and then expressing that through Something calisthenics else. and movement yeah. skill for me you know and that's that's what i'm trying to get across and and ha how we're going to finish the series on thursday and friday this week is uh, you know if i could if i had my time again that is certainly how i would have started out because i started out training in the gym and i invested about four years of training in the gym doing all the wrong things and then i went back to boxing and and tried to deploy what i developed into my boxing and it had the n most negative effect possible because i had kind of created dysfunction in my shoulders and and and, and affected my posture in a negative way and 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 it goes plays into what dave clark said here you know if I, if i had access to a program that was really well balanced and holistic in nature by design developing strength flexibility and fitness all evenly and i did that for four years and then went back to boxing it would have been a different story maybe i would have uh, felt better about going to state titles and getting knocked out in the first round not knocked out physically but getting eliminated from the competition in the first round and, and it may, may have gone very differently, you know. Um, and then when I was training for a, uh, a national um, event, uh, I, I may, may have not torn my tricep uh, swinging an, an air punch, and which in effectively uh, encouraged me to hang up the gloves and end my boxing altogether, all you know. And so that's what I would challenge people, you know, draw a line in the sand between competition and training. And, and we strongly encourage people to have a, a way of competing to, yeah. to find something that you love and that you're passionate about and that you enjoy and uh, and and use that to express your skill attributes that you're developing but separate training from that and train in a manner that probably makes you feel really uncomfortable that challenges you to do things that you're not good at already that challenge you to uh, challenges you to become fit if you're super strong and a little bit overweight that challenges you to become flexible if you're ridiculously powerful but stiff and that also challenges you to become super strong if you're already very flexible you know you hear that grace clements she's got the first comment here saying that she's a yoga lover and does at least an hour of yoga every day and has started the ums foundations uh but a bit overloaded with everything else she does. Uh, definitely first place comes flexibility, then strength, then cardio fitness in terms of how much she enjoys training each. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's the, I guess that's probably a common sort of, uh, yeah. that's in, absolutely in, in, our, in our group who, who, you know, the tribe who, who does the UMS, like cardio is often right down the bottom, but yeah, yeah it, as you know. I'm telling you now, I, I'm tell and, and I'm, I really mean this and I want everyone to take this in because I've been in and around the health and fitness industry now for about 20 years and that includes my own training in gyms for a couple of years before I became a personal trainer. Uh, if you neglect any one of those three things, it's gonna find you wanting at some point in your life. Yeah. If you neglect your cardiovascular health, you're, you're gonna experience ill health at some point in your life. If you neglect your body's flexibility and you become unsupple, you are going to fall over and hurt yourself at some point in your life. And if you neglect your strength, it's gonna be catastrophic to your longevity. So I, I challenge you all to start prioritizing a training system that will develop all three of those. It may or may not be the UMS. I, I would um, argue that the UMS is one of the best, um, but, um, 
I challenge you to, tr to, to go out and develop all three of those attributes and then deploy that into whatever you do, whatever you want to do, you know, and, f yeah. and see what happens. Watch yeah. what happens. It's, it's, it's quite amazing, you know. Yeah. Uh, for Sean Egan here, he says, I'm with Rad. It's all about self-mastery. That's definitely not everyone's motivation, though. And he says there's definitely a dichotomy of, of wanting to be the best at something, um, of something and being of service to others. Um, yeah, when you do go that rabbit hole, it does can take everything else. But um, yeah, Sean, I'm definitely like when I was kind of saying that Rad's a bit of an alien with his pursuit of mastery, like I've kind of been thinking about that and like I'm exactly the same, but with very sports specific skills. So like you are, throwing man, a frisbee, sure. like hitting a volleyball just right, like that really gets me going. And it's quite funny because I just don't have that same feeling with like a, you know, with doing a calisthenics movement. I have mm. like just I don't get that same excitement but man I, I, I go from what I'm so after knowing you for almost a decade <laughs> and being being close to you for almost a decade I reckon that yeah. you are exactly the same as me but just driven just, by different things yeah, but you're like you're all skills. about the pursuit of mastery and and you're for, for as long as I've known you Phil you there's there's always something well it since you got out of frisbee there's always something new but when there is that new thing you're yeah. all about it man and you won't shut up about it it's all about the technique and you, you know yeah, like, yeah. so and yeah you it's just kind of interesting to yeah. see those like there's slight differences in yeah. kind of what gets you going but yeah, yeah. you just got to try and channel I, that and make it work for you i want to use you as an example because my closing thought on this whole thing is and i think you did this brilliantly is if anybody said but well, what if anybody listened to this whole thing and said to, to me well what do you think i should do i would say be the best student that you can be. Become a master of being a student. And a lot of people don't get that. It took me a decade to learn what it means to be a good student. And being a good student means that when you choose your teacher, you do not question them. You do not question them until you get to a point where you've learned enough that you can analyze it and question it. But you don't question everything that they tell you to do. The, in fact, they will show you to do things that you don't agree with, that go against what you've learned, and you do it anyway. And you do it anyway because you chose to learn from this person. And if you decide that you're going to go, oh, no, I'm not going to do that, even though you told me to, you're not a good student. Yeah. And that's what I would say. Be a good student and see where that leads you to. And, that, and my biggest thing is now for me, I just want to be the best student that I can be. And I've got a coach that I work with, and he's told me several times in our communication that I'm a, one of his best students and that he loves working with me. And that's, that's my goal because that's where I know I'm going to make some gains, you know. Yeah, look, um, uh, Stephen Pellegrino's made a good point here. You know, he wants to learn from the best, uh, and sometimes you, you, you have to be selective. Stephen. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> absolutely. Roy Stern saying challenge accepted. Now, I would like to, you know, um, leave on the final note. Uh, we've talked about the lonely journey of becoming a master in physical movement, but but I would like to spare a thought for how lonely it must be for Richard being the sexiest man yeah. on the planet. Like, <laughs> you, that that would leave you, you know, who, I mean, it's a, that must be an incredibly lonely yeah. journey. One day maybe Richie can share that with us. Should we get him sitting over in that back corner without his shirt on? Just yeah, to yeah, <laughs> get, get the viewers up, get, get people off the podcast uh, and onto the video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining. We'll see you tomorrow. Tom where we're going to continue. Tomorrow, this, no. This tomorrow we we got physio uh, oh, Wednesday, yeah. and we Big got Nalesh. You're going to you're going to meet Nalesh on the uh, on the show tomorrow, and double our new physio. physio. You got double physio action, and we're talking about. Uh, we're going to share, you know, um, a lot about recovery and how professional athletes recover. The the the, the secrets to yeah. a professional athlete's recovery program. This is a absolutely must see show. Yeah.
And just before we do go, uh, Stephen Pellegrino has just come in with absolutely. I wasn't hot on foundations, but it was, uh, but I did it anyway, and I'm better for it, which I think wraps up. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Rads and and this whole topic really yeah. nicely. Yeah, so look, training your- guys, don't do what you want when you're training. Do what you need. Do what you need. We're going to f- talk about what that looks like on Thursday and Friday. And We're going to go love it. deep. What's that? You might learn. To you love might it. learn to love it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right, guys, take care. We'll see you tomorrow for a massive physio show. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.